he had a good vision and I wanted to be a part of it. And um, Springfield's a great town and it needs a brewery. We went to the neighborhood. We went to the consumer versus the consumer having a place to come to us. So we brought the experience to them. And I think once we make this pivot and change to the brick and mortar, it's going to be a much more broader conversation and much more broader awareness around who we are, especially in our back door. And that was Mike and Ray from White Lion Brewing Company on this week's episode of Brewers. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Brutes, where we tell the stories behind your favorite beer. This is Sound Guy Ryan, and joining me, as always, is Matt and Erica. What's up? Hello. What's going on? We got a kick-ass episode for you guys today. We're going to be interviewing Mike and Ray from White Line Brewing out in Springfield. Yeah. Super exciting. That was a very hot day for us, if I recall correctly. It was super hot. And we walked a mile and a half with heavy equipment. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I we didn't had know to... that we walked that far, but... Ten miles. It was at least a block. Ten miles. Well, I don't remember. I remember we left the car, got barbecue. Yep. Oh, yes, we got so Went much barbecue. Went back to the car, got the equipment. And then tried to find... Yeah, no, we Tried to find walk, the entrance. And we couldn't. That's why we walked really far. Yes. Because but, we couldn't find right, the entrance. Right. There'll be no mistaking where the entrance is now because... Because now they're actually open. They're actually open. Yeah, so, and there's signs and it's yeah, all that good stuff. Yeah. yeah. So that was an awesome day because we got to go out to Western Mass. And in as you guys know, we love Western Mass. Like, we really do. It's our new love. It's our new we love. We have fallen for the Western Mass beer scene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we have that episode coming up, but we have a couple of things going on. Um, we are not going to actually have an episode next week. So I just wanted to let our listeners know. Because it's Turkey Day. It's Thanksgiving. And I'm excited for that because every year I follow the Jack Sabby Thanksgiving and beer pairing. And I am so excited for that. So tell us again what that involves. It doesn't involve anything officially, but I mean, our friends over at Jack's Abbey have uh, put out a uh, a list for like you know, like guide Thanksgiving. to Thanksgiving. Yeah, so like they'll do stuffing with smoking daggers, mashed potatoes with pearly wit, which I strongly suggest. Uh, roasted Brussels sprouts with post shift pilsner, pumpkin pie with sibling maker. Um, yeah, so like all of these. All of these awesome combinations. I will attempt to give it a shot. No promises, just because I know there is going to probably be a beer that I don't really enjoy. Yeah, um, like not because it's Jack's Abbey, but just because of the style. Yeah, like the but, Smoke and Daggers one. I can imagine you liking like the smoky beer. I do like Smoke and Dagger. Mm. I really do. That's actually one of the very few smoked beers that I enjoy. Yeah, but um, I'm just a lot of people don't do them um, just to my liking. Yeah. I would. I can't say they don't. They do them wrong because that's a false statement. Um, it's just that I don't like those particular ones that some people do. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's the polite that's... way of saying. Yeah. It. I don't know. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Thanksgiving. It's like the best holiday. There's no pressure to buy anything. It's just eat as much as you can and, and pass out. Exactly. Yeah. It's the best holiday. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. So yeah, we're gonna be taking that off, but we wanted to leave you guys with an awesome episode. Um, but there's a lot of cool news going on in the world right now. So the coolest news. Beer news. Yeah. So kick it off, Erica, with Pink Boots. All right. Well, just as a reminder, if you didn't listen last week, or if you did, again, reminder, uh, Pink Boots Hot Blend is out. So you can order yours for your brewery or your home brew and get on that. Sign up for the uh, National Women's Brew Day. Um, figure out a recipe and yeah. Yeah, Ryan, that's what our home brew should be on Black Friday. It should. Well, when, are, when are these shipping? Are they shipping now? or No. 
Yeah, I was about to say they don't, don't ship. I don't until, know if they're shipping yet. Yeah, usually they don't ship till quite later. Closer to uh, the next date. year, right? Yes. Yeah. Which is not like too far away. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's yeah. not. They usually ship like January, February, or something, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. So that's cool. That's um, all good. I'm yeah. excited for that. That's yeah. pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I think we should order a few uh, packages of said hop blend. Mm. Um, so we can try out maybe the same beer three different times um, or do three different kinds. I would like that. Yeah. Indeed. That Who knows? Wonderful. Who knows? Uh, so we are drinking a beer. Well, Ryan specifically is drinking a beer. I am. Uh, do you want to talk about that beer? Yeah. So uh, I stopped by the city in Seabrook. And I picked up their newest, um, the City Project. This is number six. Now, if you remember way back, um, we talked about the number five, and I thought it was like the best one yet. I'm going to take that back <laughs> and say this is the best one yet. Number six. Number six. Yeah. No, it's super killer. And even the guy, um, uh, TJ over there, you're going to be famous. Um, he said that this was his favorite yet as well. Um, and I, I'm thoroughly enjoying this. This is a great, great um, New England IPA. That's awesome, yeah. So, the, who do they brew it with again? Is it I, just them, or no? It's uh, with six hundred three. Oh, okay, cool, yep. cool. Yeah, with six hundred three brewing, and they do this once a year. I read. I think they do it more than once a year. Um, well, it's the sixth one, so they've done it a couple s- times. Yeah. Um, no, I know. I don't yeah. know how many years I've been doing it, but yeah, I want to say at least a few. Um, a few times a month, a year. It depends because you know it's it's kind of new for them, uh, and I think okay. that you know the first few, right? They're kind of just testing the waters to see who's right, gonna right. buy them. Now it's you know, legit. and now people are kind of Look looking forward to, forward to it, right? So right. that might turn into a more consistent thing, cool. um, which I'm super pumped about. So this was sold at the uh, the packy there. Yes, it's sold and at, at the brewery. Uh, I don't yeah. know about the brewery. I okay. don't know if you can get it at six hundred three. Okay. Um, I haven't been there to check. I just know. It's at the city. But stay um, tuned for more because we're going to probably have a post about it because... Yeah, absolutely. why not? Why not? Yeah. And then um, I also picked up another beer from uh, the city. Well, you got me a special beer. I like, did. I have this beer called Sweet Baby Jesus. Sweet Baby Jesus. From our friends in Baltimore, Maryland, Duclaw Brewing, who should come on the podcast because I'm sure someone in Maryland will share this episode um, with you. Yeah. Um, chocolate peanut butter porter. Yeah. Uh, this is as good, if not better, than Gunner's daughter. <gasps> dun dun dun! So fighting T- words. TJ told me a story. He t- then told me he made it up. Was it a good story? It was a great story. Oh, I'm cool. going to tell it right now. Real oh, quick. awesome! Again, TJ, you're going to be famous, famous. Ryan story. So uh, he said that like some lady came in the store and she was like, "Why is it called Sweet Baby Jesus?" And he said, "Because after you take a sip, the only thing you're going to say is Sweet Baby Jesus. It's good." Yeah, I would I would agree. It's <laughs> all right, all right. That's that's pretty good. So, yeah, yeah this is a six point two percent twelve. It comes in a twelve ounce can. I actually love a twelve ounce can, especially for those kind same. of beers. I don't want sixteen ounces of that. I am sorry. Right, yeah. it's enjoyable. Get, don't get me wrong. If but. you can see, I I put my beers on a music stand, and I have two twelve <laughs> ounce cans next to me. I have a Liars Bench Bub Light, and I have a Sweet Baby Jesus Bub Light. That's pretty great. And yeah, you know, because I want my uh, Bubby Light. I want my four percent pilsner or lager with your six point two percent peanut butter. But I appreciate this not being nine or ten percent and knocking me on my ass. I appreciate the six point two percent. All right, all right, that's cool. Yeah, Ryan, I think this would be one that you like. All right, you know what? I'm gonna give it a shot because I I told TJ, I'm like, I probably won't have it, 
but you know, if you think I'll like it, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Um, and then there's one other beer I want to talk about uh, that I got at the city today, and that was Jaws uh, from Zero Gravity. Rawr, Jaws. I wouldn't go rar. I mean, no. I don't know. Oh, okay. But it's, go, <laughs> um, it's a Czech style Pilsner from Zero Gravity, and nice. it's really good. Those, I love Zero Gravity. Those people over really Zero good. Gravity know how to make a beer. Though. They do some solid yeah. stuff. Yeah. No, th- this is probably one of my favorite Czech style Pilsners I've had in a long time. That's awesome. Very yeah. cool. I can't wait Very to. Cool. A lot of lot of videos. good flavor. Yeah. Yep. Brian, let's chug one later. Oh, we're going to do it. Um, so coming up on November 29th is a day that we want all our listeners to go to their favorite brewery. And local brewery. Local brewery. And patronize them because yeah. it's National... Small Brewery Day. Yeah. Yes. Support National Small Brewery, Small brewery Sunday. Yes. Yeah. Sunday. Thank you. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Um, and then, you know what? It's it's more important this year than it has been in past years just because of the COVID stuff. Um, we see a lot of the times people... Um, maybe not going to the local brewery because they're afraid of precautions and all this stuff. But I would say our brewery friends are taking the most precaution that I've seen. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think of people like Jack Sabby. I think people like Notch. Um, all the small 603, you know, all of these breweries can. are out here doing yeah. like the best that they can. Um, yeah, they're not joking around. Them. Yeah, yeah, they're not joking around. You know, <laughs> there's a couple uh, this week that they shut down to clean. You know, yeah. they're, they're not pretending it didn't happen. They're cleaning. Um, they're getting everyone tested and then they'll come back with um, um, good attitude, right? Yeah, absolutely. So um, make sure you go there. If you are going there, go do some pickup, uh, social distance, whatever have you. Um, but support them. Yeah. You know, buy a four pack, buy a six pack, buy a case. Buy a shirt, buy a gift card, you know. Um, every little bit helps. Every little bit helps. Yep. And especially with, like, the holiday season coming up, like, the best way. It's like, a great time to yeah. buy those kind of things for gifts or just for Thanksgiving. You want to load up on some beers for the holiday. Yeah. One thing I want to do, Ryan, yeah? I wanted to make uh, the 28th National Go to Your Local Packy Day. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, let's see if that catches on. Well, you know, so... Maybe it should be a different weekend. Maybe it should be a different... All right, next weekend. Do it the following weekend. Okay. Right? The following Sunday, go to your local packy, even if it's one that you've never gone in, you think is super sketchy. (laughs) But I'm I'm telling you, like, I went into a small packy store in Salisbury that I've never gone into in my entire life during COVID, and I found really, really good beers that you would never think were in there. That's cool. Yeah. So do that. Okay. Support them, too. I'm always... Well, you heard it here first. Yeah. We're starting that. Ryan's National Go to to Your Packy Day. Yeah. Yes. Um, One thing I'd like to do starting in December is I'd like to do a beer advent calendar. I've never done one before. Oh, my God. I've wanted to do that for years, and no one ever buys me one, so I'm just going to go buy myself one, I guess, but I'm always too late. I always, like, decide I'm going to buy one, but then they're always sold out. Yeah, so I think this year, I think we need to do one, and I think on Instagram, we should do a beer review every day of our 25 every day oh let's do it i actually remember us talking about this well, like you know what we said it on air so it has to happen it has to happen it has to happen, it has to happen. set in stone <clears throat> Done, and we have a, we have a week off to to plan this absolutely so yeah if you are a brewery that you want to be involved in our brew roots advent calendar info hit us up at, at <laughs> info at brewroots.com and we might get the email or hit us up on Instagram and we'll definitely get your information. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So do we have anything else? Yeah. One last thing. Um, if you're a home brewer looking for some deals coming up. Right. Black yes. Friday. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, holiday deals. It's all coming for you. Uh, beer and wine homebrew shop. We're going to have all that stuff for you. All that jazz. Wait. All that jazz and more. That's so, great. uh. 
you know, keep on a lookout. We'll be sharing on our profile or go follow Beer and Wine Hobby on their Instagram or Facebook page. Yeah. And I'm toying around the idea of a custom print for Brewroot, so stay tuned <gasps> Ooh, for more. I haven't even told Ryan and Erica, tuned. so we might have something for Christmas Surprise time. news. Get your significant other a Brewroot's picture. <laughs> well, uh, well this has been a wonderful intro. The best intro. I think our listeners out there are like, give me Sick Ryan and Mike, we want to listen about <laughs> White Lion. But... I'm so bummed. I need to go back out there because I drank all the beer that I have from that. Same. I just finished it. Yeah. It you was... just finished it? Well, you know, <coughs> maybe a week or two ago. I'm pretty sure I finished it like the week after. Ryan, you drink beer Ryan. way faster than the rest of us. I know. <laughs> well, it's just a good excuse to get out there. Exactly. And, and support uh, the, the Western Mass beer scene and all of Massachusetts beer scene. So without further ado, we want to introduce our friends over at White Lion Brewing. Mike and Ray. Take it away. Cheers. Cheers. All right, so you guys are pretty full right now. I know I am. Completely stuffed. Yeah, I had so much meat. That's why I'm sweating. It's not <laughs> COVID-19. It is Promise. It is Theodore's 19 because I had 19 Pounds. ribs. Ribs, <laughs> yes. Ribs from them. Um, we're in Springfield, Massachusetts. Uh, and before we recorded this, we screwed up. But we had somebody say, like, an excellent... Way to describe where we are. We yeah. are at the pulse of Springfield, Massachusetts. And right in the middle. This is Springfield's first craft brewery. Yeah. So Woo-hoo. I think we've given a lot of clues. Uh, Ray, why don't you just tell us where we uh, are? Oh, what the heck? Let's go for it. Let's go all in. <laughs> White Lion Brewing, Springfield, Massachusetts. Proud to call the city our home. Yeah. Yes. Love it. Excellent. And we're also here with Mike. Hello. And Mike, how are you? I'm doing great today. Thank Excellent. you. You mentioned that you had to drive here pretty quickly from Worcester, doing some deliveries. I was out doing some deliveries. Yeah. You know, Fun. Keeping the ball rolling. Yeah. Things are very Sell busy it. for you guys. You are probably one of the more popular breweries in Massachusetts right now going on. We hear, we hear you guys everywhere. Well, a little buzz. We like that. I mean, <laughs> to your point, though, it, uh, it there's never a dull moment. Yeah. But that's why we're in it, and we love what we do. Yeah. Absolutely. So we start every podcast asking our guests what their first memory of beer is in their role at the brewery. So I can go first. Yeah. So I I think I have shared this with your team in in a prior uh, conversation, but uh, it was in high school and uh, I was definitely under the age of, uh, I was probably one of those junior or senior nights out. And it was the uh, fame, one of the famous green bottles, Heineken. And I had, I remember I had two or three and I was just, I was on the next level. So that was my memory. <laughs> so that, that's, I just, I, that's great. I, I never forgot that. <laughs> well, that's good that you remember it. So and uh, here, here at White Lion, um, founded the company and uh, continue to act as the president and general manager. And we have a great team that helps me focus on other things to yeah. move the company forward. Very cool. And Mike? Um, I also enjoyed a green bottle. Um, yeah. It was the famous Moosehead brand beer. From Canada, uh, I was also very underage at the time, <laughs> and a friend of mine procured a six-pack, and we split it, and that was quite a night. Yeah. But I uh, continued to enjoy craft beer at the time, which was basically imports. Yeah, um, you know, European Beck's, you know, yeah. nice. Heineken, yeah. etc. That was like the quote good beer at the time. Right, so, right, right. right. <laughs> um, when I got, uh, I'm just gonna. When I got to UMass, I graduated to Catamount, which was Ooh, like oh, yeah. Ooh, all right, beer. all right, yeah. yep. Um, Vermont, yep. Yeah, so that was like 
1987, I was drinking Catamount Gold and Catamount Porter and living the good life. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's a good beer. My dad talks about that pretty fondly. You know, yeah. he's oh, thanks. Still, he's, well, <laughs> hey, listen, he still to this day has this ratty Catamount shirt that I'm like, you probably Ooh. need to throw that away. And he's like, I could never throw this away. <laughs> <No way. laughs> so, um, talk about life before White Lion. Like, what were you guys doing? You the original you plan, said you went to if UMass. you will. What was the original plan? Yeah, so uh, I made my way to Massachusetts from New Jersey. Cool. So I'm a transplant. Um, did my undergrad at American International College. And then my graduate work at Springfield College. My first career was nonprofit, quasi-public. And um, always had the entrepreneurial spirit. Didn't know where it was going to take me. But, uh, you know, when you sit around with friends and family, you come up with all these crazy creative ideas. Some of them you park. Some you bring back off the shelf, park it again, throw it away. But the uh, craft beer, beer general conversation kept coming around year over year where it finally got to a point when I wanted to frame it out and that's how the conversation started uh when I was at UMass we were going to one of the only good brew pubs in the area up in southern Vermont McNeil's and um years later I went up there looking looking for something to do and I asked for a job and they offered me a job cleaning the bar and cleaning the bathrooms and I said I was like I will (laughs) I will take that yeah and a couple months later one of the brewers quit and they offered me the opportunity to learn how to brew. Nice. And I haven't looked back since then. Yeah. I've worked at a variety of brew pubs and production facilities all over Western Mass and Connecticut. So, Very cool. So you come to White Line with a vast amount of knowledge. And I've, I've, got a, yeah. I've, got a, <laughs> I've been in it for 20 plus years, so I've got a pretty good understanding of what's going on at this point. Yeah. Nice. Um, how did your guys' paths uh, intertwine. Yeah. Was there a cool love, story behind this? Yeah, I love telling a story. Aww. So um, <laughs> at the time I was thinking about framing out the business, I was going through a leadership program called Leadership Pioneer Valley, which connected emerging leaders amongst the three Western Mass counties, four Western Mass counties. And uh, the there was a gentleman in my cohort that at the time was the executive director of the Amherst Chamber of Commerce. And uh, he was actually one of the first persons that I had shared the idea with outside of just immediate friends and family. And he was like, when you get to this point of knowing you're going to move forward on this, I know two or three brewers that may be interested in what you're trying to accomplish. I said, all right, cool. So several weeks or a month went by. And I said, I think I'm ready to meet with some folks just to have a general conversation. He said, all right, I want you to just meet with this one guy first. And it would happen to be Mike. And uh, so he gave me Mike's contact information. And I think at the time I had a friend reach out to you first. And, uh, but at the end of the day, we ended up meeting at Plan B, downtown Springfield. I had pitched him, uh, shared with him you know, what I was looking to accomplish. And uh, he let that marinate for a while and came back and said, yeah, let's, let's see what we can accomplish. And you know, it's been a journey, but uh, he's, he's been there from day one. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. What year was that? You guys have this been around is, uh, for a little while. So we started to frame out the conversation in 2012. Probably didn't get to meet Mike until maybe late 13, early 14, because we launched our first product in the latter part of 14. So I would say maybe 2013, the latter part of that. To echo Ray's thing, yeah, I was working at a brew pub in Amherst, and our mutual friend approached me and said, I got this guy that wants to open a brewery. Um, long story short, we, we decided to do a, a, a pale and a cream. The pale ale. And didn't we do all four? 
Oh, we yeah, but we the first two that launched were the pale cream, and then we followed that up with the black IPA, and then the the uh, the red ale. The red ale. Nice. So, so we kind of. We kind of launched with four beers. Imagine starting a brewery today with those four beers. Right. <laughs> That's what I was just thinking. Like, yeah. That's a cool. That is a. Awesome lineup. That's like yeah. right up my alley. So I'm like, yes, that's awesome. But so out of those four, the only one that remains is the uh, Insane Rain Red Ale, and that's because it's won a number of national awards and just a hearty nice. beer. Yeah. Uh, the Pale Ale, we we changed the formula a little bit of the recipe, so now we call it Pale Ale 2.0. But the black, yeah. the black, and the uh, we get a lot of requests for the cream. So I'm sure once we get the tap room back open, the cream we'll ale back. may come back. Yeah. Very yeah. nice light beer. So was it kind of like a, a match made in heaven? You guys knew like similar I- ideologies or like what was it that was like the. He's he's really handsome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was smitten. Yeah, from, definitely. Uh, definitely. Um, no, we just hit it off. Yeah. And he had a good vision and I wanted to be a part of it. And um, Springfield's a great town and it needs a brewery. So yeah. that was his his goal from day one. Let's bring a brewery to Springfield. It's been in my backyard for the last 30 years now, so here we are. Yeah. Um, And then I'm sorry, what year did you say you started all this again? So our product officially launched to market in November of 2014. Wow. Nice. Wow. So it's been... That's been a long time for not having any kind of brewery. Brick brick and mortar. Yeah, brick and mortar. Yeah. Yeah. So where have you been brewing this entire time? We we started um, partnering with uh, Ipswich Brewing. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah, we know uh, that. Doing... Great twelve ounce bottles. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Back in the day, um, <laughs> and then a couple of years ago, we kind of segued and started working with a local brewery, Brewmasters Brewing Services, out in Williamsburg, yep. and it's been nonstop with them for the last two or three yeah, years now. Absolutely, switching to cans, of course, right, like right, everybody right. Else. And it's just been great because it's I can be more hands on there because yeah. it's closer and right. whatnot. Yeah, Mike, I'm always curious when we talk to people who've been in the industry for a while. Did you ever see a time that you would the preferred method of drinking would be cans over bottles? I, I did not see that coming, yeah. but I was quick to embrace it. Yeah. And it's it's hard to imagine life without cans at this point. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ray, what's important about the Springfield community? You obviously left New Jersey and you came here. Yeah. And you stayed. Why did you stay? I grew up in a very uh Rural town. Uh, it was one of those Friday night football towns. What where exit off of? In, it's, what exit? Uh, it's the last exit going. <laughs> That's what people <laughs> always tell me. To ask. Right, right. If you know someone from New Jersey, ask what it's exit. Literally the last, yeah. It's the last exit. So, um, yeah, it was just like one of those towns. Everything shut down Friday night, and uh, everyone rallied around the sports themes for the high school. Um, but I knew just there was something bigger out there. Right, mm-hmm. like the, the town was literally sixteen thousand people at the time. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Uh, everybody one, knows everyone. Everyone knew everyone. Um, so you know, when I got to Springfield, I was still young. I was seventeen, and um, it just opened up my eyes to some other things. It wasn't an overwhelmingly large city. It was yeah. very manageable for the age that I was in, and uh, it was only a three and a half hour drive back to New Jersey. So it was still close by. I didn't have to fly or anything. So once I graduated, I started to network and meet some folks and was very comfortable in that space and then wanted to continue my uh, education and then decided to stay. Um, vested myself in the city, vested myself in uh, the, the community and met a lot of great people. And obviously now city, the city of Springfield is my own. Yeah. 
you mentioned community such a, a big theme <clears throat> in the in the craft beer scene yeah um what are you trying to bring to springfield other than just a brewery so the brick and mortar follows i mean it's it's secondary to the initial conversation that we started we to your point we wrapped ourselves around the importance of or the embodiment of community i mean everything from our packaging from day one even though we didn't have a brick and mortar when we were in those 12 ounce bottles all of our case packaging six uh, six pack packaging had a cityscape of springfield emblazoned on the packaging uh all of our um theme uh themes all of our taglines were city related so as i stated my first career was nonprofit, quasi-public and in that space it was all about business development, community development, community engagement, trying to move the needle to make the community a better place. And so when I transitioned from that space into the craft beer space, it was just a natural transition to incorporate and embody that same conversation, those same principles and philosophies. Uh, and, and that's one of the reasons why we have the name White Lion. And uh, we looked at it as an opportunity to be part of the overall general and much more broader conversation in the city of Springfield around its renaissance, its revitalization, et cetera. So even without the brick and mortar, we ingrained ourselves. We went to the neighborhood. We went to the consumer versus the consumer having a place to come to us. So we brought the experience to them. And I think once we make this pivot and change to the brick and mortar, it's going to be a much more broader conversation and much more broader awareness around who we are, especially in our back door. Yeah. So why the brick and mortar now? It was always a goal. Okay. I mean, we never, uh, when I met Mike, it was never like, okay, we're just going to be a brew brand and, and try to go from there. Yeah. We knew the importance of having the brick and mortar to create that hands-on visual experience. Um, so, you know, we thought within the first two and a half, three years, we would be at that right. point, <laughs> but here we are five year, five and a couple months. But uh, as you can see, we're, we're close. We're very close yeah. to, yeah, to bringing beautiful. that for, you know, bringing that full circle. Yeah. And how long have you been building out down there? It's been what? 10 months? Yeah. Stop and go. COVID, yeah. COVID, you know, through some, through a yeah. slow loop, but, yeah. but we're happy with the progress. We're ready. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> long, o- long overdue. <laughs> Mike, how excited were you to, to pick a brew house? And, uh, um, that was a great, that was yeah. a great moment. Um, just to echo Ray, we've we've been looking at locations for the last two, three years, and I keep saying I'm going to make a list of all the places we've walked into and walked out of, or or investigated, yeah. and <laughs> and a lot of them were on the fringes of Springfield because breweries often are in a warehouse or whatnot. And um, but Ray always wanted to be right in the heart of downtown, be a part of that downtown community. And so it took a long time for us to find the right fit. Yeah. And so here we are we're right in the center of town. And I'm really excited to be a part of the everyday, you know, workers getting out of work and coming downtown and having a having a drink with us. So right. with food. With, With food. For now, <laughs> right, We'll right. get into that in a little <laughs> while. But, uh, people are going to listen to this episode in a year and be like, what a weird freaking time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, to go back to the brew house, what's the brew house that you guys are going to be brewing on? How many barrel systems? Uh, it's a 15-barrel system. Cool. Good uh, Steam-fired with a couple 15-barrel fermenters, a couple 30-barrel fermenters. Uh, we picked up a cask canning line. So it'll, it'll allow us to take over 
production of our all of our beers. Soup to nuts, yeah. Soup to nuts, and uh, I'm really excited for that. It's it's fun to have somebody else make it, but it's way more fun to make it yourself. So, yeah. for sure. And uh, you're gonna have a canning line here, then I assume as well. Oh yeah, yeah. The cask yeah. the cask line is gonna yeah. be fantastic, and um, yeah. So we'll have on premise sales and off premise. So, yeah. You know, we'll just I'll keep on trying along. Start cranking. Yeah. And let's just take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors. Did you know that your favorite Massachusetts breweries use hops from a local family-owned hop farm right here in Massachusetts? Our friends over at Four Star Farms are there for you whether you're a commercial brewery or a small batch home brewer. Make sure to head over to their website today and get your hands on some of the best and freshest hops available locally. Cheers! Cheers. local homebrew shop beer and wine hobby you can get everything you need to make beer wine cider cheese and more not sure where to start they have knowledgeable staff there to help beer and wine hobby is family owned and located in danvers massachusetts visit their website beer-wine.com and use our promo code brutes for 10 percent off your online order today Shirks on Tap is the box subscription service where you can get some of the dopest brewery t-shirts out there. I'm talking breweries from Dallas, San Diego, and even our home area of New England. And you might ask, how do I get my hands on some? To get your first box for $5, click the link below in our description, or head on over to our website, breweries.com. Remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. Um... This location you mentioned before it was a, a, a mall. Yeah. Um, do you guys remember going to this mall at any point? Or I, I do not. Um, when I first arrived to the city, I think it was going through its transition. So I don't think it was what it used to be in the past. Um, but speaking to that point, the space that we're in sat vacant for 20 years. Oh, wow. Used to be a restaurant called Spaghetti Freddy's. So, um, you know, to be in a position to go in and reactivate or activate that space is pretty cool, you know. Um, So, yeah, we're just, you know, to Mike's point, it's just been a it's been a road. It's been a journey, um, some hiccups along the way. But that's what happens when you're a small business. But through community support, perseverance, sweat, tears, all of the above, uh, we're at a place where we're a lot more excited yeah. to move forward. It was safe to say there was a lot of um, optimism for 2020 for you guys. I remember talking to the Mass Brew Bros in 2019 and being like, White Lion's opening up. Right. It's going to be big. Um, <laughs> we were all excited for 2020, I think. Right, right. Um, the elephant in the room, obviously, being COVID. Um, how has that affected you? And, I, and you were on a previous podcast with us kind yeah. of discussing this. Yeah. But, um, how has it affected the plans? Yeah, so to your point, going into 2020, we're very, very, very excited. Uh, we had pretty much the majority of our equipment in place, or at least on site. Uh, we were slowly building out this, the storage area. Our sales team was doing an incredible job in the field, engaging, fostering, opening up new accounts. We were about to hire another salesperson. And then uh, March rolled around. 
uh, and things, there were a lot of questions in the air, and then obviously that's when the, the, the light switch went off. And uh, at that time, we were, we started construction, and um, we had to put a pause to that, and we started to, you know, we saw the pains like every other small business, especially the hospitality industry, yeah. those pains and strains and stresses where, um, you know, we had to make some of those tough decisions and had to lay off or furlough a couple of folks. And it went back to the original team on the ground. And that was Mike and I out there. And we had a part-time salesperson who was once full-time, but we kept a part-time salesperson and, you know, two and a half bodies that was, do- we were doing a job of seven. Oof. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Boo, that's Boo. What we, we still say that. Yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> But, um, you know, the restaurants took a hit. They had to shut down for a period of time. And the um, on or off-premise locations continued to churn and operate. So we were able to keep in contact with them and, you know, fulfill their orders. And then we've slowly been able to get back to six of the seven are back on on the job. Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations, yeah. Can we talk about kind of what you have been doing since COVID. We've had a lot of things go out in this nation and you've kind of been talked about quite a bit in the Massachusetts mm-hmm. community being African-American. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel representing the African-American community sure. in Massachusetts? So we're, uh, we're one of six or seven black owned breweries in, in Massachusetts and one of 60 or 70 uh, in the United States. Wow. So I think there's 180 or so breweries yeah. in, in Mass and over close to 8,000 um, in the 50 domestic. So, you know, it's an honor. Um, I had shared with others and I continue to share. You know, when I started the business, it was never through the optic of I'm going to be that first black or one of a handful of black. It was truly an appreciation of the craft. And um, but I, I am very cognizant of the importance of being one of the first. When you look at any trade, any any um, any background, there's always a first or a collective of firsts. So to be part of that conversation is humbling. It's an honor. And, uh, I, you know, I hope that, you know, I, we can pave the road for others that may be on the sideline or questioning or thinking about that uh, this may give them an opportunity to be hopeful and, and welcome themselves to a, a very cool, creative trade and space. You know, yeah. I... I can't preach that enough that uh, I always share, and I may have shared with you on the, you, you and your team on the first podcast that in order for the trade to grow, it's got to it's got to embrace communities of color, and communities of color got to be uh, comfortable entering the space and 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 see that uh, there's a lot of creative and cool stuff going on. Yeah, your liquid speaks for itself as well. Yeah, <laughs> that's so. that legend. That's why we put Mike. <laughs> <laughs> that's legend somewhere. That's Mike. <laughs> Twenty years in the game, but I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's a it's a collaborative effort between you two. I mean, I think you guys are like the yin and yang for mm. each other. I think without each Fair. other, I mean, you were a successful career before, but to be able to yeah, meet together, I Absolutely. see really great things for you guys. It's a, it's, he's, he's a good guy. He really is. I don't want to blow his head up, but he's, <laughs> it's like an older brother. <laughs> we, 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 That's we, awesome. We do work well together. Yeah. Ray, Ray often comes up with a concept for a beer. And he's like, I want to do this, and I want to name it this, and I want it to look like this, and I'm thinking about this. Go do that. <laughs> I'm like, all right. 
let's work it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And um, so far, it's been pretty successful. We've yeah. had a had a pretty good run. Lately, sure. it's been yeah. very favorable. Yeah. Uh, you guys have been fortunate enough to kind of be in the Massachusetts beer scene for quite a bit of time since, what, 2013? Yes. So you've seen the evolution of the mass beer scene kind of evolve and grow. We've seen the growth of, you know, Treehouse, Trilliums, mm-hmm. Night Shift. And you guys have been there um, along. What... Why do you think the Massachusetts beer scene is growing the way it is and having as much success as it is? Wow. Um, that's kind of an understatement. You've been like, it's growing. It's been exploding. It's yeah. Like, yeah. I was trying to remember like how many breweries there were, you know, when I started a long time ago, there was like a handful or something. And now there's, yeah, it blows my mind that there's 180 in over, Massachusetts. Over 200. Yeah. And, um, yeah. 200 now? Yeah. Wow. 220. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, so, just blink. Yeah. It's it's kind of fantastic, you know, because it's kind of getting back to the, the back in the day when there was a neighborhood brewery in every neighborhood and people had that local pride and they enjoyed their local offerings. They weren't, you know, that's what it was back in the day, like hundreds of years ago. And then it turned into this mass market where there was only like five or six offerings for the whole country. And everybody was enjoying the macro, and now it's coming back to everybody's got their brewery within ten miles of their house. Yeah, and um, you know, Mass- New England and Massachusetts as a whole, uh, or vice versa. There, um, it's just you know we're progressive and we want to enjoy quality stuff, and you know we're not we're not short on ideas. So yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of creative beers coming out on a regular basis. So. Yeah. Um, what are some of your favorite beer styles? Talking of creative beers coming out, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm I'm a, I'm a classic IPA all right, guy. All right, I like I like my hoppy beers. Yeah, um, yeah. So don't like lactose. <laughs> I'm not afraid of a, a little lactose, um, but just about everything. You know, I I'm I think my taste buds are kind of fried, so I need a good IPA to you know kick it into gear. There's a lot of great New England styles out there, and now people are getting creative with, you know, double chocolate, strawberry, <laughs> cereal. <blonde. laughs> right, cereal right. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I'm sure once I get a little brew, brew pub to start cranking some stuff out, I'm going to get a little more creative. But for for now, we're still sticking to kind of con- traditional styles, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Massachusetts is rocking. Yeah. It's really uh, – I like the creativity yeah. of it. I – Mike knows that my brain tends to gravitate towards chopping it up a little bit when yeah. so I know that once we have everything upstairs running that uh he's going to get a lot of requests for some weird stuff but that's <laughs> but that's what it's all about I mean the consumer is they're always looking for something just a little bit different yeah yeah um familiar enough that it right can, it can back and, and back. the consumer drives a lot of that conversation um so we have a robust consumer base in the commonwealth of massachusetts they expect good quality beer they're mindful of that and they're not hesitant to try something outside the box and i I think it's up to the breweries to continue to raise the bar um especially with some of the outside other brewery pressures so it's up for it's up to us to raise the bar and continue to please the consumer base in the commonwealth all while not being afraid to step outside the box. I mean, mm. there's no other liquid that you can put your hands on that you can be as diverse uh, than than beer. Um, you can't do that 
with any other liquid. So the sky truly is the limit on how you want to approach it. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Let's talk about what we're drinking today. Uh, this golden ale is like bananas in my opinion. It's so good. Like <laughs> there's so many flavors in there. I taste mango, peach. But no bananas. But no, no, no bananas. bananas. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you got me there. Yeah, yeah but um, it's awesome. Thanks. And I love the form factor. Still yeah, my, mine's already gone. Yeah. I'm a sucker <laughs> for the 12-ounce can, so. <laughs> we, we do still do a couple beers in 12-ounce cans. Sure, but yeah. Um, yeah, the Tropical Secrets was something we wanted to do, just something light and crushable for the summer. Uh, I think last year was the first year. Yes. And uh, it's a combination of guava, mango, and peach. Yes. Right? And we use, you know, purees and just... I created a, you know, kind of a simple golden ale base and then added the fruit. And it, yeah. I cannot I, imagine I, a non-beer nice. drinker not enjoying this. You it's, know? Yeah. yeah. Very it's palatable. Cool. It's drinkable for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely uh, crushable if you if you say, you'll say um, <laughs> on a hot summer's day for sure. Um, tell me about the, uh, the Fresh Fest that you're doing or you're a part of, I should yeah. say. Yeah, so Fresh Fest is in its third year. Uh, it um, is based out of Pennsylvania and uh, has been recognized by US, USA Today two consecutive years as one of the top 10 beer fests in the country. Oh, wow. That's and cool. And the emphasis or preface behind Fresh Fest is to really create a diverse audience. So it marries black breweries, conventional breweries, uh, in this incredible, did you go last year? No, I went. It's in this incredible, no. incredible space where everyone is just coming together and having a good time. Yeah. So this year, because of COVID, um, they did it digital or virtual. And the virtual um, alignment was to partner a Pennsylvania brewery with a black-owned brewery. And uh, we've been part of the Fresh Fest conversation pretty much from day one. So they reached out to us and wanted to marry us with a PA brewery. And we said, and I said, yeah, let's do a sour. And they said, oh, we, we got the right brewery for that. And that was yeah. Grist House. Cool. And uh, so Mike, the Grist House team came up to Springfield, met with us. We had lunch, got a chance to meet each other. And then Mike and the team powwowed over the style and thoughts, et cetera. And I think it's a, it's a home run. It's really, yeah, really good. good. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. It's, um, it's like a puree as a cocktail, kind of like a bramble cocktail you were saying. Like that's different yeah. than just... Again, throwing it straight. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's real cool. I like it a lot. Yeah. And yeah. then we can't not talk about the IPA. Is that your number one seller for you guys? Um, IPAs continue to be a very popular style yeah. of beer. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. it. No way. <laughs> I'm enjoying the Perlicious right now, which is one of our top sellers. It's just a, it's slightly hazy. It's not one of those kind of yogurt style beers, but it's a crushable, kind of a soft palate with yeah. a nice big hoppy backbone on it yeah. so what's the beer you guys are known for so we launched with uh, uh the pale ale yep. was our launch beer and then we did recalibrate that to the pale ale 2.0 but i think right now alliance galaxy or galaxy hop the west coast style ipa is galaxy's really, been it, the it's what keeps us it's the it's the mainstay yeah it's our year-round ipa yeah the, the galaxy hop is just a fantastic hop with a huge Huge For flavor, sure. and um, we just kind of blend it with a couple other hops, and it's just a nice seven percent. It's a little more, little more West Coasty. Still a little haze, but not not a big 
not a big New England style. So right. it's, but it's, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those across the board IPAs that, you know, people can just enjoy and sells really well for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we'd be remiss to not mention the Black is Beautiful beer that you guys did yeah. with Trillium. Um, talk about that experience doing that. And that was the first time I've seen a line for a beer in months. <laughs> I was like, damn. Good, good for you guys. Yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. Um, so, uh, Weathered Souls yeah. out of Texas, shout out to Marcus, came up with the idea that initially, then eventually morphed into over a thousand breweries partaking in it uh, globally, um, just to bring awareness to social justice and systemic issues that are out there for the trade to have a common voice to rally around. And um, so, when it was first announced, uh, it reminded me of the previous one, which was all together, which was only right. like a month or Not so that long ago, too, right? <laughs> yeah. And we we partnered with Two Weeks Notice actually on 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 that particular beer over in West Springfield. But um, I started to scroll through the breweries, just being nosy, yeah. that had already signed up, and unbeknownst to me, they had a tab that you can break it down by state. So I was like, oh, let me see what's going on in Massachusetts. It was only like a week and a half in. And it was like maybe a half dozen or a dozen that had already signed up. And I saw Trillium. And uh, I knew that uh, JC and I had followed each other on social media. I was like, well, let me just, let me just reach out to yeah. him. And see yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, hey. It was like 9 o'clock at night. And he responded right away. I was like, oh, yeah, let's have this conversation tomorrow. Nice. <laughs> so uh, we got a little bit more in depth on it and just started the conversation. And it was, it was like a no-brainer to him. He was just like, yeah, let's, let's, let's connect it, connect the dots, build the bridge be unified on this, lead by example, and um, the rest is history, you know? It's been pretty cool working with working with him and his team. Yeah. It's been awesome. And I, Mike, I know, Mike, you were able, did you go down to the, um, which which location did you brew at? Well, we, JC and I actually, we did a, a virtual collab. Okay. Yeah. So he and I hooked up on the phone and we took the, the base beer that we were working with and we said, let's, let's blow this up a little bit. And he and I just went back and forth for a couple conversations, a couple hours, and kind of came up with the, the biggest, baddest stout I've ever been a part of. And yes. <laughs> I've, I've brewed a lot of stouts over the years, but this one kind of went over the top a little bit, and it, it just came out fantastic. And after, it's a 9% yeah. imperial, so it's a, big, it's a big beer, and it's a big, flavorful beer. And then we aged it on Papua New Guinea, Vanilla beans for a few weeks. <laughs> yeah. <And> Why not? <laughs> just, yeah. I've been enjoying it. Uh, it's it's hard to enjoy a nine percent stout yes. this time of year, but right. it was still like it's so it's like a milkshake. It's yeah. so satisfying. Good mouthfeel and everything. That's awesome. Yeah. But um, he was a pleasure to work with, and it was just one of the best collabs. So yeah. Speaking of collabs, or anyone else, have you guys done collabs before? I know you did. You've done the collapse in the past but what's some other ones that you guys have done so we did the uh all together with two yep. weeks notice the grist house um with fight to sour and then the third one was trillium so yeah. that's that's it there are three yeah. the yeah. trifecta yeah nice yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah any dream collaborations for you guys there are a couple of uh dream collabs i mean i don't want to put a brewery out there but in the back of my mind, I know I have a couple that I would love yeah. to engage and, and start a conversation <laughs> with. I, just send him sure. a DM. It worked the first time. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> just, right, just right, slide right, one in there. Right, right on. Right, right. I mean, even if I go knock on the door, you can't say no once you're right, on the door. Exactly. Right, exactly. I'm here. I'm ready to brew. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, if you go to Russian River, drive that way. <laughs> hey, I'd like to do this. 
but again, it's just, it just, um, it just talks about the trade. It speaks to the trade, man. Everyone is willing to work with each other. So it's pretty cool. Cool. Mike, do you have one? Same Um, answer. (laughs) Same answer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Before we get too far, let's crack open a fresh beer and hear a word from our sponsors. Are you a solo artist, band, podcaster, or anyone else who needs recording services? Well, we got a place for you where your vision can become a reality. Welcome to Small Pond Studios, built by hand with heart and sweat equity by musicians for musicians. Go to smallpondstudios.io to reach out to get more information. And make sure you let them know that Brute sent you. Hey, Sound Guy Ryan here. Didn't know if you heard, but we're a part of the Hopped Up Network. There you'll find other informative podcasts about beer. So go ahead, follow them on social media, and visit them on their website, hoppedupnetwork.com, to learn more about the people, beer, and breweries from around the country. And until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers. So the Massachusetts beer scene is awesome with collaboration and all of that stuff. Um, but the community is really where we, we we stand apart, I feel like. And we've talked to other states and they say, oh, yeah, we have a great community. But hearing the stories week in and week out of, you know, oh, I, I ran out of grain and some other brewery helping you out. Um, have you guys experienced the same thing? All, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. People will call me and I'll, I'll say I'm looking for this and I might not personally have it, but I'll be like, oh. I know he might have it, so there's just this, you know, we, it, it is a it is a support network that we're all in this together, um, and so yeah, little things like that because grains don't always come through, and sometimes it's brew day, and you're like, I need two bags of this right now, yeah. and somebody will be like, all right, a couple phone calls, text message, bang bang, yeah. so that's it's great to be a part of that. Yeah. So we're would you say what sixty seventy percent done with the build out upstairs? Yeah, well, I, Mike just had a conversation with the general contractor. He would love to have Mike in the sp- or we would love to be in the space brewing by September 1. We had thought, oh, wow. we, we thought it would be a little bit uh, sooner than that. And then the tap room and kitchen will follow after that. So um, we're, we're getting close. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's really close. Yeah, yeah no, really that close. is really yeah. close yeah. considering how right long now, you've come <laughs> and everything. Yeah. That's but That's yeah, right on the I'm corner. so excited to get get in there. Of course, of course, I can't even imagine. Um, so you mentioned the system that you're brewing on and everything, but um, where do you guys see yourselves going next? I know, obviously, opening up the location and and embracing the Springfield community further and having them come in. But what's next for you guys? Yeah, so we're excited. I mean, we're in a position to um, continue to self distribute our our product. Uh, a lot of the accounts that we manage and continue to uh, foster are out of Western Massachusetts. Um, we have a sales team in Western Mass. We have a sales team in Worcester County. And um, we have pockets of deliveries uh, further east. So, you know, we're looking to continue to expand that conversation, continue to build our portfolio. And we just started to... Um, distro other smaller artisan breweries in the space just to expand their bandwidth, right? We're in those types of times where, 
you have to not be afraid to look to broaden. Um, you can't look at it from a business lens of just as just one line of revenue. Yeah. And there's a number of models in, in the Commonwealth where they're, they're just taproom only. But as we see, COVID could seriously impact that type of model. So you, you have to be in a position to be open to doing a pivot and uh, looking at other ways to diversify to be sustainable, right? So when you look at our space, and, and there was a number of out, outside beers coming in during COVID that were not part of the Commonwealth. I mean, New yeah. Hampshire beers, Vermont beers, bigger, bigger right. beers, right, that came in because they saw the importance of um, COVID impacting their business model where you had to, you had to build that bandwidth. And we right. want to be able to help the smaller breweries that may be in that particular predicament to expand their bandwidth. So it's not as if we're going to be taking on, you know, 10, 12, 15 breweries, but we want to be able to have a nice handful, a nice collective yeah. that we could, you know, we all can grow with each other. Definitely. Um, we were talking earlier with a couple other breweries saying that we feel like this area is underrepresented. Saying, so, you know, mm-hmm. we feel as though like they're not, this doesn't get the same respect that maybe the eastern part of the state gets. Um, but you guys have damn good beer out here. Um, is it just, why is it that you guys don't get that same respect? It's the, uh, it's the fabric of the Commonwealth. It's, so whatever trade you're in, um, just even from a political lens, whether it's politics, the nonprofit sector, for-profit sector, uh, anything east of Worcester is where a lot of the activity is. So in my previous life, I used to um, delve into the, the local regional political scene, and we were, we were second or third tier thought. And I, I just think that's just the evolution of how the state is set up. A lot of the power brokers, a lot of the population, a lot of the mass is in the eastern part of the state. So um, the more people out east, the more people that you can put your product in front of. Western mass is, is the, I think, the statistical area population is like 780,000, 700,000, but that's all four counties, right? right? I mean, you go to Suffolk County or Middlesex County alone, it's, that's all of Western Massachusetts. So I think some of it's just driven by population. Some of it's driven by just the power broker aspect of it. Um, But to your point, yeah, there's a lot of great stuff going on in Western Mass. And I just think through time, I'm hopeful through time that there will be more of an awareness, but there is a plethora of breweries out in Eastern Mass that cater to that population. So that population really doesn't have to travel too far, right? Because we talk about craft being local and there's some kick-ass beers out there. And if I was around some kick-ass beers, I'm not going to travel three quarters of the state to go find some other beers, right? You should though. (laughs) People in our area, our friends, you definitely should go out there because seriously, like we have... It's not that long of a trip. Just yeah. make a day of it and go explore all these amazing breweries yeah. out here. No, I, I've been yeah. out there. Trust me. Yeah. Some good stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good it's stuff. Like, it's like Disney World. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, so what about local ingredients? You guys trying to use some local ingredients? Um, yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Short yes, would yes. be the answer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got a great local monster in Valley Malt. Yeah. And then... Um, North, North, Northfield, North Star. 
Four Star Farms. Four Star Farms. Four Star. In, yeah, Nor- yeah. in Northfield. In Northfield. Yes. I always get that confused. <laughs> um, we hope to be using them more and more yeah. as we start doing our Ooh, own whoop. thing. Um, it's kind of a challenge right now with, under the contract scenario. For but, sure. And then I just heard of another malt house that's opening up in the eastern part of the state. So yeah. they just reached out. And so. No, Stone Path, I believe. Yeah. So um, what is it called? Stone Path. All right. Yeah, yeah, I believe it was one of them, anyways. Yep. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, but yeah, cool. support local. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Anyway we can. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, if you were to describe the Western mass beer scene in couple couple words, how would you guys describe it? Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say it's pretty robust and incredible. Uh, there's just a, a number of breweries crushing it in, in their own respective space and getting a lot of attention. Um, so, yeah, it's all about working together, raising the bar, and making our product better for the consumer. Yeah. For sure. I'd like to know what you guys are drinking at home. I'm sure there's plenty of White Lion at home, but what are you guys drinking? I gravit- I'm starting to gravitate towards a lot of sours. So one of my f- neighborhood spots is the um, the beer shop, like literally like a stone's throw. So nice. every other Sunday I'm in there just checking it out. But uh, sours, um, still looking for a nice IPA, New England-ish type IPA I gravitate towards. Yeah. Um, not heavy on the ABV, just light, crushable, flavorful. Um, but uh, yeah, sours is. I got a number of sours in my mem- if my memory serves me correct in the refrigerator, just sitting there waiting for me to take hold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I drink White Lion all yeah. the time, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm not afraid to grab a 15 back of all day or some sort of session IPA, so I can just crush a yeah. bunch of them yeah. when yeah. I'm going to the beach or something. And yeah. I'm getting old. I can't take the 7% beers all the time. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> uh, was there ever a guilty pleasure beer for you guys? Ooh. Guilty pleasure. Stout. Stout. Yeah. I, if I can find a good stout. Yeah. I'll always think of, uh, I think it was Alesmith Speedway Stout a friend gave me several, several birthdays ago. And I just remember it being like the best beer I've ever had. I used to be a racer fan. Racer five. The racer, racer five, five, yeah. yeah. Um, but that got a little bit too uh, too heavy for me. But uh, I'll, I, I go basic. When I need to go to just a general, you talk about the all day, I mean, I'll just go, I go retro. I go PAPS, PBR. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. just yeah. a, go pick up a six pack at the local spot. No, it's going to be good every six time. Six pack? Come on. Yeah. You can do better than no, that. No, I can't. <laughs> good man. Um. What type of environment are you trying to create here? Um, what is the seating going to look like here? Obviously, with COVID, it might be a little bit different. Are you trying to go for that like uh, German influence with the long tables? or? No, we have uh, the original plan pre-COVID, post-COVID, in COVID is the all above COVID is your traditional um, bar area. So you sit at the bar. Our optic will provide you an opportunity to look into the brewery uh, separated by a glass wall. And then uh, um, couch seating, booth seating, individual stand-up tables, yep. uh, four-seaters, et cetera. Um, obviously, with COVID, we have to you know, parse that down a little bit. The original plan was, uh, I think it was 149 was our... Holy cow. Yeah. For you guys. Nice. Um, but, you know, that will be... Half what that. do they call that? Six feet of separation. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so we're excited, though. I mean, still, we still have access to... It's called the... Um, What's it called? The outside area, right outside of our space. The uh, oh, that, 
Like the court, park, the, the, the court, the court, oh, the court, yeah, center yeah, yeah. court, center yeah, yeah. court. So we 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 have a sliver of space nice. in center court as well that extends <laughs> outside the space. So if we wanted to have an additional 10, 15 people, we can do yeah. that as well. Yeah. So, um, so as far as the um, the optic, it's you know it's it's all about the city. It's in, even though we're in a tower, it's we're trying to create that industrial. Feel. So we have the exposed concrete, the exposed ceilings, the exposed HVAC. Nice. Um, the roll-up garage doors to create that outdoor feel. And the environment is all about being inclusive, uh, open to everyone, safe space, safe conversation, good beer, nice vibe around music and entertainment. And, um, you know, just being another piece of that downtown puzzle and yeah. that's how we approached it yeah it's hard to imagine right now but i i we're putting a stage in the corner so i, I mm. see a band and mm -hmm. a couple hundred people raging on a friday night <laughs> <laughs> raging i'm excited for that yeah pizza, pizza beer, yeah i saw the pizza oh yeah. yeah yeah so yeah solid friday it, like afternoon. i said it's hard to imagine right now but eventually we'll we'll yeah. be part of the fabric of springfield right. with a lot of people having a lot of and yeah. how many? Uh, we know one, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how many uh, beer taps will we have? Uh, we're putting in sixteen lines. Wow, so nice. nice! That's awesome. Yeah. Good variety of stuff. Yeah, yeah definitely. Absolutely. Back to my brew pub roots, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Something for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, seltzers. How do you guys feel about hard, hard seltzers? Will that be part of the plan at all? I have my thoughts. <laughs> heavy sigh. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Everyone has said that today, so don't feel bad. Yep. It's really from a more, more so from a research lens from my end. Again, just looking at it from a business lens. Um, I think that the consumer appreciates, uh, obviously, local craft beer. Right. And I think they, too, would appreciate good local seltzer, but maybe not on the mass market retail shelf space. I, yeah. I think if they came into the tap room, if you had it. One or two then, options. Yeah. yeah, then they would embrace that. <clears throat> but I think it's extremely difficult to go out there and compete with. White Claw. Truly is White Claw. So through just general conversation, when we go out to accounts and I'm delivering or whatever, uh, doing sales, I'll ask. I'm like, hey, how's the seltzer game? And it's, there's, there is a common theme. And I had shared this with Mike the other day. Folks will try that new entry one time. It's new. It's on the shelf. It may be local. It may not be local. maybe may be regional. But then after that one time, they're going to go back to what they're accustomed to, which could be the conventional seltzers. And I just think it just creates a weird dynamic. It's easy to put product on the shelf, but if it doesn't flip or move, I mean, you're sitting on stuff for a while. So I... I'm just mindful of that, yeah. and I'm listening to the buyers who are saying that. Right. So, I mean, and don't get me wrong, there are a couple local crafts that are really like craft seltzers that are crushing it, but in general, the conversation that I'm seeing is it's just not it's not a continuum throughout. Mm. Yeah, that's just my take. What do, you think, what do you think, Mike? <laughs> I, I just keep trying them all the time, and I'm, just not, <laughs> I'm not a seltzer guy. Yeah, that's all right. I, all right, well, I, you know, it's cool. But <laughs> I drank them, though. Don't get me wrong. Never, yeah. I drank them. Yeah. I'll drink them. Yeah, yeah. I'll He'll drink them. I'll drink them. Never say never. You know, it's like, <laughs> right, right. It's part of, the, it's part of what, where we are. Exactly, and yep. So. Nice. But we don't, we don't have a seltzer in, in the pipeline. Yeah. No, right, not, right, okay. Not yeah. yet. Um, just beer license here. Or um, no, beer and food. no 
beer and food, but no wine or anything like that. Correct. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, Ryan, do you have your awesome question? Yeah, for both of you, one at a time. Sure. <laughs> uh, Mike, what would you like to learn more about in brewing? Um, I've, that's a great question. The um, the sour situation, I've made a few now, and it's something. It's like a whole new style that I've just not embraced yet. And so that's something that I'm really looking forward to taking on when, when I get my own space to really expounding on that, just going, going big. Cause there's, there's so, there's so many variables that you can throw in there, combinations of fruit and spices and whatnot. So the, the it's endless limitations on that. And it's a market that people really enjoy and it's, and it's not a seltzer. <laughs> so, correct. And uh, Ray, like, what do you want to learn more about, you know, having a business and, you know, being a, a new brewery in Springfield? Right? Yeah, there's so much to learn, really, though. I mean, even if you get to a point where you feel you're comfortable, there's just another level. And I think that's the approach we have to continuously take. Like, we always have to push through. There's never a point where you think or have to be comfortable because as soon as you do that, there's you're going to miss something and when you miss it you may not be able to recover from it i mean there's been it's it's in any trade or any space that you're in you have to be able to evolve and i think that's what we have to be mindful of um you know what is cool today is not going to be or may not be cool seven years from now so look at bottles Bottles are gone, <laughs> right? No more bombers or anything. Yeah. yeah, you're right. See, so there's there's that evolution. So, I think that uh, it's just a, con- a continuous learn, and I you know I hope that uh, as a collective, meaning the team, that we embrace that importance. So we want people to find your beer. We want people to come to this location when it's open. Uh, where can we find your beer currently? So uh, we, again, distribute throughout the Commonwealth, primarily in uh, the four counties of Western Massachusetts. You will find a number of healthy accounts in Worcester County. And then we do uh, trickle out into the eastern part of the state, some of the larger stores more so in the eastern part versus some of the neighborhood-based ones. Um, And um, our location uh, in, a, in a month from now would be 1500 Main Street, right in the middle of downtown Springfield. And you can follow all of our progress on our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, et cetera. <laughs> Snapchat, too, I think, yeah. You guys are nice. <laughs> love it. I've been joking about that all day, but I guess it's true. true. Somebody yeah, it's yeah. real. <laughs> Um, and I guess our last question, Eric. Yeah. So, um, what are you guys most proud of? I am super proud of, it's one thing to be in a position to have an idea, move that idea forward and see it come to reality. But it's, it's just, it's warming to know that the trade, the city of Springfield, the surrounding community, the consumers, have really embraced what we're trying to do and accomplish. And then the team, you can never move anything forward without people understanding, believing in, and driving that conversation forward. So to be able to start with just the two of us sitting at a bar one day that (laughs) didn't even know each other to be in a position to open up some brick and mortar and have a space where people can come 
and have a team that's just pushing, pushing, pushing day in, day out, really believing. It's just an awesome feeling. Some days I just sit back and be like, damn. And, yeah. this, and, 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 and the sky's the limit. I, I, I'm a firm believer what you put in is what you get out. So, um, and that's the approach we're going to continue to take. Mikey. I, I agree 100%. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that we've been grinding at it for yeah, you know, several man. years now. And sometimes I lost hope and didn't think it was actually going to happen. And now to see it actually happening and the, the, the building coming together. And like Ray said, our team, we have a fantastic team right now of some really dedicated employees. And it, it, we're crushing it and it's it's coming along and i couldn't be happier my last comment is right it's very easy to buy into what you're selling i really believe in what you guys are doing so sure appreciate that thank you so much absolutely you know it's it's not who wins the race first it's you know it's it's slow and steady you guys have planted your roots so people know who you are thank you very excited to see what comes next so appreciate it we encourage all our listeners if you find white lion in, Buy it and try in it. Your packy, <laughs> in your packy. In your packy. packy. Give it a ch- try. It. It's awesome. It really is. Um, and then make your way out to Western Mass because not only is White Lion here, but there are a lot of Lots. awesome breweries. So many of us. Yes. Um, and you're going to find some, you're, you're not going to find beer that you're not going to enjoy because every single one that we went to, we enjoyed. We enjoyed. Nice. Yeah, which we don't oftentimes say on a full day of like, well, yeah, it's interviews hard to it's it's from 8 to <laughs> exactly right right but here we are nice and loving all of it so <laughs> but um thank you gentlemen for doing this tonight we thank really you. do appreciate it and thank uh, you we appreciate you until next time absolutely cheers cheers cheers, cheers. All right. Thank you, everyone, who has taken the time to listen to this. I hope you are enjoying your families, whether they're in person or at a social distance over Zoom or FaceTime. Uh, We wanted to take a moment to just thank all our listeners out there. We are certainly thankful for all of you who have either shared, subscribed, told your friends that you like it, told your friends that you hate it, and made us better. We really do appreciate it. Uh, 2020 has been an awful year for everyone out there, but for us, it's been such a great year of growth with the podcast, and we seriously could not have done it without all of you out there in podcast land so we wanted to thank every one of our guests all our listeners we are seriously thankful for you this thanksgiving so do we have to say anything more negative ghost well you know what you're gonna find out on social media at brew roots across all platforms who our next guest is or if you're already following us you know who our next guest is so if you're looking for an episode next week, just go back into our catalog. What do we have? Like 137 episodes that you can listen to between um, now and then? 140. 140. Oh, go back and listen to all of them and tell us which one's your favorite. And maybe we'll send you a shirt. We have some cool tie-dyed ones. We do. So until f- December, I guess. I guess it's going to be <laughs> December. We'll catch you then. Cheers. 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 <laughs>